You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney Podcast on Rivals.com with your host, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell. They hate me. I hate them. I hate everybody. And National Recruiting Analyst, Adam Gorney. I could definitely see a little disappointment in the Gorney household Saturday night. That's right. Welcome back to another edition of the Godfather and Gorney podcast, a, a midweek edition here where we can talk about things going on in the middle of the week and also preview the upcoming games in the college football season this this upcoming weekend. My name is Dave Barry, producer of the show. We have on the line Adam Gorney on the West Coast and Mike Farrell on the East Coast. And Mike, we're going to jump right into our topics here. You wanted to talk a little bit about ranking the top defenses in college football. So I'll let you start, and then we can hear from Adam on the on, on Yeah, you know, so I put it out uh, Wednesday. I had Michigan number one. I had Clemson two, Georgia three, Auburn four, and Alabama five. And predictably so, the Michigan fans absolutely loved it, said I was right, I'm a genius. Everybody else said I was an absolute clown and an idiot. Some people even went deep into the statistical dive on it. Um, so, Gorney, What's your take on it? I know Michigan hasn't played anybody. Uh, this is based on, and I wrote it in the article, but nobody reads anything anymore. Um, it's just based on me watching these teams play in their games based on, you know, uh, how they run to the football, uh, how, how deep they are at certain positions, athleticism, all that good stuff. And I just love the way Don Brown's defense is playing. Yeah, no doubt about Michigan. You know, I did look at some statistics about this, and Michigan's given up 13.5 points per game. Alabama's only given up 8.6 points per game. So, Mike, you're wrong there. I mean, obviously. But who has Alabama, Alabama played? They played nobody. Been... They played nobody. And Except for Florida, Florida State. Played? I mean, they, 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 they aren't very good. I know, Michigan. No, that's Michigan's true. played nobody either, but you can't compare <clears> two teams. Like, the Clemson... Auburn thing I get, you know, they played each other and, and, and you know, Georgia's played Notre Dame, but it, Alabama has the most talented defense when you're talking about rankings, but come on. I mean, they, they just old Miss, uh, that defense is horrendous. So I'm not. The thing I love about Michigan is uh, 2.2 yards per rush. That means nobody could even have a prayer of running against them. It'll be interesting to see if Michigan State can do anything offensively against them this weekend but the thing that really stands out about this and I looked at this because I knew we were going to talk about it was these five teams have phenomenal defenses but they're completely dominating running the ball against their opponents Clemson has 19 rushing touchdowns against two Auburn 15 to two Alabama 18 to one you know and Georgia obviously has been dominating offensively running the ball too the Georgia has blown out everybody except for Notre Dame and their opponents have more passing yards against them <clears throat> than than they have, but they've been dominating, uh, keeping people out of the end zone, throwing the ball, and they're only giving up 9.2 points a game. So, you know, I, I have no problem with Michigan being number one on that list. That defense is phenomenal, incredibly well coached from Harbaugh and Don Brown on down. But, uh, you know, a lot of these other teams are really putting up tremendous numbers early I, on. I too. think the best secondary is probably Georgia. And, and again, when I put Michigan on there, people think I do this on purpose to try to get people to talk and buzz and all that. It's just really based on, again, uh, you know, I'm a big Don Brown fan. Uh, I, I love what he did uh, at Boston College with that horrific offense that they had there and kept them in every game. And, and they were the number one defense in the country. And that is just saying something when you're talking about two and three stars at BC. And then he goes to Michigan, brings that 
that uh, that multi blitz look where you never have any idea uh, where guys are coming from, and and you know lost ten starters I think, and and they're still a dominant defense. So maybe I was overreaching on the fact that they lost so many people and what a great job he's done early. They haven't played anybody. I think secondary wise, Georgia's probably the best. Uh, I think you could argue linebackers between all of these teams. I mean, they're all playing well at that particular position. And then you go, you know, the front line, uh, you got to, you got to assume Clemson is up there, but Auburn is right there as well. And Georgia's front line is amazing also. So these are five really good defenses. Now somebody is, is going to have some points put on them probably this weekend. Cause every time I write something, I wrote underrated coaches. I think the week before, um, Oklahoma State lost and and Mississippi State lost, I think, in the same weekend. So I had Mullen and Gundy on there, and, of course, they both lost. So this will be a sort of a jinx thing. But I still think – I think these teams can control um, the line of scrimmage. Uh, like you said, they run the ball well, so they control time of possession. And they don't really need to come from behind that much. And they, they give their offense a, a tremendous out in that respect. Yeah, I think if any team has a chance to get points put on them, uh, it's Alabama, actually. I mean, if Texas A&M might be able to score, I I don't trust Kellen Mond in this situation against that defense, but I could see a 56-21 kind of game. Obviously, an Alabama blowout, I think, but um, uh, they'll be able to score. I I don't see any other team. I mean, maybe Ole Miss against Auburn. Vandy's not going to score much against Georgia, Wake Forest, and then Michigan State might be able to keep it close, but it'd probably be a low-scoring game. Kellen Mond beats Alabama. We're going to have an emergency <laughs> rankings meeting where I'm going to call all of you worthless pieces of garbage. Uh, like every ranking. Oh, yeah, that's actually true. This will be an emergency special one, though. So, uh, But that's not going to happen. We know that. So uh, um, so let's let's move forward. Uh, you know, you don't have to agree with me. Listen, nobody agree with me on Michigan. Nobody. Nobody, except for Michigan fans. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, at message boards, nobody agreed with me on Michigan. The, the, the general consensus was Clemson one, Alabama two, and then it was, you know, Georgia, Auburn, and Michigan based on who they played. That was the consensus. If I'm an opponent, I think the best front seven in the country is Clemson. I think the best back end is Georgia. If I'm an opponent, I don't want to play Alabama and I don't want to play Michigan. Those would be the two teams that I wouldn't want to play. So go on the Auburn board and uh, explain yourself because you just completely didn't mention them whatsoever. And they'll tell you that Jeffrey Holland, our old friend, has, I think, 18 tackles for a loss or something like that. It's something ridiculous. So uh, I, I don't know. They're just all fun to watch. But uh, Dave Barry, yeah. who is, by the way, Dave, Dave Barry's on the hot seat because our, our streams blow. They stink. Um He's on the hot seat as a producer because we got to get this thing out there. People got to listen to this thing because it's really embarrassing. So, Dave, you are officially on the hot seat. Take us to the next category and tell us what you're going to do to make this thing go viral. Hey, you got you guys are paid for your opinions, okay? So I don't want to hear it from you. We're talent, not uh, distribution, Dave. That's right. We need we need marketing <laughs> help. Is what we need. All right. Well, our next topic is is going to be a fun one too. A good good debate topic. Biggest. The biggest pretender right now, um, and and we have listed here Washington State, TCU, Miami. Uh, do you guys want to talk about uh, anybody I else? Know who dared put Miami in there? I dared put them in there because they could lose this weekend to a one and two Florida State team. How dare you? The zero and six Florida they, State Seminoles. <laughs> 
They uh, <laughs> they beat Bethune Cookman. Yep. Toledo put thirty on them, and Duke. Then they and they dominated Duke, and that was a good performance. But I don't think we know much about this Miami team, especially on offense. Malik Rozier has not been tested. Uh, you know, we'll see if Mark Walton is as good as people might think he is. Uh, I think Florida State's going to come to play this weekend. Uh, I still think Miami pulls out a close game, um, but they could be. If we're talking pretenders in terms of college football playoff, then then Miami's my pretender. Their defense is nasty. I think they're still a year away. I said that heading into the season. Actually, I said maybe two years away, but um, I think Rozier's come a long way and much quicker than expected. Um, there was some talk of having to, you know, put a freshman in there, obviously. So he's done a good job. Mark Walton is very good. Um, he's He's shifty, but he's not going to break a lot of tackles. So it'll be interesting to see if they can wrap him up. Um, they do have some offensive weapons, but I think that defense is nasty. And then when you couple that, I saw some sort of statistic that um, Blackman has taken nine sacks in 56 or 58 snaps, non-blitzing yeah. snaps. I mean, you don't have to blitz. You just rush for that offensive line so bad you're going to get to them. So they're going to have to come up with either max protect or they're going to have to come up with some wrinkles in that offense. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to throw the ball. And then if you can't throw the ball, you're not going to win. So I, I think Miami can win their division, and I think they can give Clemson a game, which is why I don't have them as a pretender. Washington State's a pretender because we know they're going to lose. Uh, we just don't know who or when, but we, we assume they're going to lose to Washington. I think they're going to lose two games. They can't keep this consistency up. Um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And then TCU, we all know, probably by November isn't going to be a top 10 football team. That's why I put those two up there. But you can agree or disagree with those two if you want. Yeah, yeah TCU is interesting because West Virginia, I think uh, people aren't giving enough credit to for being a, a pretty decent team. I don't think they could beat TCU this weekend. But TCU has to go to Kansas State, always a tough place to play. But if they can get by there, they go into November – Still undefeated and, you know, have Texas at home and then at Oklahoma is the game that probably catches them and eliminates them. But, um, you know, if they could figure out a way and I love Gary Patterson as a coach and how he handles his defense and his team and everything, um, you know, they could be a surprise going into that Oklahoma game. And then probably, you know, at Texas Tech isn't easy either, but Baylor to finish the season. Um, Washington State's interesting because... I, I kind of believe in their defense a little bit. Um, this weekend could be a little bit of a trap game coming off USC win, going to Oregon, and Oregon doesn't have their quarterback. I think Royce Freeman's going to play. Uh, a couple of their receivers are also banged up, but that could be an overlook kind of game. So we'll see. I think Washington is definitely a better team than Washington State. It kind of played out this way last year, too, and then Washington just thumped them. Uh, so I think... In terms of a pretender, I think they could be a one or two lost team. So I don't know if that's a pretender for Washington State or maybe the best year in in the program's history. But uh, you know, I don't think any three of those teams are going to be in the college football playoff. No, and I picked those teams. You know, I mean, obviously you could look at Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Penn State, Georgia. You know, Michigan could. You know, you can make a, a case for Michigan being a pretender, especially with you know Penn State and Ohio State on the schedule and not having played anybody and, and, you know, they, they have quarterback issues. Um, Wisconsin has quarterback issues as well. So they could have been in there also, but you know, I, I believe in Miami. I don't believe in Washington state and I, I don't 
truly believe in TCU yet. So we'll see. All this will flesh out pretty soon. But next topic, Dave Barry. Sure. So something else that'll flesh out toward the end of the season is the college football playoff. And we wanted to talk who would win in the top four matchups right now. Uh, you've got Alabama versus Penn State, Clemson versus Oklahoma. Who do you guys see coming out of those matches? I think Bama Penn State um, would be a real fun game to watch. Um, you know, Alabama's defense is swarming. They would be up to the challenge. Uh, you know, they really do well against hype machines not named Deshaun Watson. And, and you know, Saquon Barkley's a great running back. There's so much hype around him. He is the real deal, legit player. But I think they would really force McSorley to try to beat them. I think Alabama would thump Penn State right now. And then Clemson, Oklahoma, we saw it, right? If I am remembering correctly, of course, different players and all that good stuff, you know, two years later. But uh, he, uh, that one's tough. That one, I, I, I really, uh, it's, it's Clemson's defense versus that Oklahoma offense. I, I don't know. I, I think you got to go with the quarterback in that situation and pick Baker Mayfield because the best quarterback often wins, you know, the Super Bowl and the national championship at times. And um, I think he's obviously the, the best quarterback out of the, these four. What's that, Gordon? Uh, <laughs> I would. <laughs> Mike, put your wife away. Oh, she hears that. You're <laughs> dead. You're dead. <laughs> I think Bama soundly beats Penn State, and here's the reason why. Uh, Trace McSorley had a tough time throwing the ball over Iowa's defensive line, and Alabama's defensive line would be in his face all all game long. And he's small, and he would have to get out of the pocket, and that means edge rushers for Alabama would swallow him up, and I think that would be a problem. When that becomes a problem, then you can't run the ball with Barkley. Um, I, I just think Bama's defensive line is far too talented um, unless they completely changed their offense and just, you know, threw quick passes and tried to inch down the field that way. I don't think they're going to let Barkley run free and McSorley would, would be McSorley's height would be an issue against Alabama's defensive line. I'm taking Clemson in every game until somebody beats them. That defensive front is so good. Um, they really can't even pass the ball all that well, but they are running it so well, um, that they're, that they're putting up big points. They come to play every single game. Every time they they seem to be tested, Louisville, they blow them out. Virginia Tech, they beat them soundly. Um, I do love Oklahoma and how and how Baker Mayfield plays the game and keeps his team in the game. But I definitely think Clemson wins the game. As I look at college football this year, it's Bama and Clemson again, and then everybody else on a second tier. And I think that's how it would play. And out. I think it's going to be um, somebody. I, th- I don't think it's going to be Bama versus Clemson. I think there's going to be one of those two teams will make it and someone else will. Uh, I don't think we're going to see the same national championship matchup three years in a row. I just don't see how that's going to happen. They may be the two best teams in football right now. I don't trust Kelly Bryant as a quarterback. Uh, I don't really, I'm not really impressed with their passing game that much. Uh, Deshaun was obviously the difference maker for them the last couple of years. And he's the reason they won the national championship. So when you look at these other teams, you got Mayfield, you got Hertz, McSorley. They're all more experienced and better playmakers when things break down. Um, and I think that's what makes a difference for those three. So I, I don't think Clemson 
right now. And I picked Clemson to win it all last year. I want to remind everybody from beginning to end, I picked them to win it all. And this year, I picked um, – who did I repick? I picked Ohio State. Uh, you can't but, go with the repick. That's yeah. Well, Ohio State's still alive. So uh, I, see, I every year there's a team that inches up as teams lose, and inches up as teams lose. And if Ohio State could beat Michigan and Penn State, that's two teams out. If Alabama beats Georgia, that's another team out. Uh, if Washington could lose, or TCU will lose, or Wisconsin will lose. They're right in the mix again. So why losing late? I mean, why losing early is better than losing late will never be explained to me. But uh, Ohio State, I still believe, can make the college football playoff. Did JT Barrett win the Heisman? <laughs> no, that that ship is sailed. All right. Well, if Ohio State wins it all, then I'll be you know the genius of all geniuses. But I don't think JT can pull out the Heisman for me at this stage. But I, I like I said, I, I would go with. You know, Clemson, the one is, it worries me. The defense is dominant, but the quarterback, it comes down to quarterback. Um, I, I don't really trust Kelly Bryant. So let's move on to a lying head coach. Yeah, I mean, we, we've heard this before, right, from, from coaches. Bob Stoops came out yesterday saying he has no intention of coaching again. We've heard plenty of coaches with similar examples saying they're you know they're happy where they're at they're not looking to move jobs and then the next week they they move jobs so what do you guys think will we see bob stoops on the sidelines i think we again? will um who's the only one that's that's really done it um gruden and uh cower right same bill cower yeah what say what do you mean Oh, oh! You mean no, coming yeah, out of like, retirement? Never mind. No. I thought you were talking about coaches that that. Lied. Oh God! <laughs> let's see if we can. List. Let's go through. How it. long is this? Yeah, well, let's go through every coach that lied. Um, no, I mean guys that have said they're not going to coach, and we didn't believe them. Bill Cower, you know, I think a lot of people believed mm-hmm. he was going to get back into coaching, and he hasn't yet. And uh, and John Gruden rumors every year about him coming back. I I don't know if there's others. Maybe there are. Um, you know, I tend to want to believe Bob Stoops because he did retire on his own terms. And, um, you know, he wants to be a, a father to his kids. And, you know, for as long as, as they're still around in, 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 in high school and whatever else. But I just have a sneaking suspicion that we're hearing, you know, Bob Stoops four months from retirement. And in a couple of years, we could be hearing a different Bob Stoops who is offered the head coaching job with the Dallas Cowboys or, you know, some job that he can't resist in college football. So, but I'm a pessimist. Gorney, what do you think? The one thing that makes me think he's telling the truth is that his dad died at 54 and I believe it was from a heart attack. And so he's, I believe 57 now. And so he might not want to push that thing and the stress level that goes into it. I can see him taking some sort of role, kind of a coach emeritus like Steve Spurrier has taken at Florida, where he's still involved in the program. He's still around kids. He's still around the school, but he doesn't have that stress level that he's that that you're going um, to need to be on the sidelines again. So, um, you know, he's already been in the, you know, the locker room, I believe, after the Oklahoma's win at Ohio State. He was definitely in the tunnel. He's around the he's around the program, and as long as he continues to do that, you know that competitive drive to run a program might not be there now. If the Chicago Bears call come calling or the Dallas Cowboys, <clears throat> that might be interesting. But I don't see him getting back into the college game. I just don't see it. We'll see. Um, 
you know, the thing with the thing with uh, Spurrier, because he's another one who did retire, you know, and hasn't come back. But, you know, obviously Spurrier left South Carolina in, in disarray and he just quit, I think, three games into the season. And that was just an absolute nightmare of a program when he left it. Um, Bob Stoops left, you know, uh, a year off the playoffs. And I think, you know, he could really be in line for an NFL job because he never took one, whereas Spurrier took one and failed and cashed out. And, you know, guys like Gruden, who was always a pro guy uh, as a head coach, makes enough money as a as a broadcaster. And Cower, I believe his wife passed away. And um, I just don't think he wants to take away from the focus on his family to be a head coach. It's really, it's a horrible job. I've never done it, but I've talked to these guys over and over again. It is a horrible, horrible job. Um, <clears throat> you know, we think we have tough jobs where we're on call all the time and at the, at, at the whim of a 17 year old kid deciding to commit at midnight on Christmas. Uh, it's nothing compared to what these guys have to go through, but the NFL is a different story and there's going to be a whole lot of money thrown at Bob Stoops eventually. So that's why I think he's lying, but it doesn't matter. Uh, let's talk a little bit about LSU again. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and get into it. You guys can, can debate well, that. It's never good when you're what, four games in? Five? Five, five, games, five games in? in? Your yeah, athletic five. director meets with the head coach and both coordinators. That's not a good sign. Uh, unless they're there to give you uh, an attaboy and say, hey, guys, you guys are killing great, it. Great job. Yeah, I mean, we're 5-0. <laughs> and oh, We're the number three team in the country, and I think we're going to get that saving guy this year. No, no, no. That's not what this is about. I think Joe Oliva knows that his job is on the line. Uh, Ed Orgeron certainly knows his job's on the line. Uh, Matt Canada was supposed to change that offense. That offense is putrid. And Dave Aranda is supposed to be a, a tremendous defensive coordinator, and that defense is is bad. So trouble brewing. I wrote about it earlier this week. There's a $12 million buyout. Uh, it turns to $9 million, I believe, as of December 31st. They're still paying less miles. Um, I don't think he's gone after this year. But I'll tell you what, the way Ed Rogeron spun it and said, oh, yeah, at USC, I think it was Hayden, he said. He used to be involved all the time. You you were an interim coach. You know, it's a different situation. This is not good at all for Ed Orgeron. Well, I, I, I did some research for this one, too, and I went back and looked at Joe Oliva's illustrious athletic director career when he was at Duke. And, okay, this is Duke football, so I'll, I'll, I want to preface it by saying that. But he hired three coaches. One went 7-45. and 45, one went six and forty-five, and then he hired uh, David Cutcliffe. So give him credit there. But he's also in charge of uh, firing Les Miles, who went a hundred and fourteen and thirty-four. Uh, so and won a national championship. So what what Joe Oliva is going to do with Ed Ordron? Who knows? He does not have any kind of track record of hiring good coaches. Uh, I, I have no idea what LSU is going to do at Florida this weekend. They can go there and win, play Pete off and, and, and take it out on them, or they can go there and fold like they did against Mississippi state. 
I was following on Twitter last night <clears throat> Ed Orgeron's radio show, and he was basically arguing with callers <laughs> that were calling in and said, I'm the coach if you like it or not. And, you know, it's just not a good situation there. So, you know, Matt Canada has had five games to change an offense that just ran the ball up the middle every single play uh, with Danny Etling at quarterback and Darius Geis sitting out injured um, with not great wide receivers without a great offensive line. And people think he's supposed to just come in there and immediately change things. Dave Aranda's ha- trying to hang on because his defense is on the field constantly. Uh, it's just a mess. And so who knows what Joe Oliva is going to do? Who knows if he's going to be around to do it? And uh, I have no idea what LSU does this weekend. Yeah, and there was one other thing that Joe Oliva was in charge of doing, and not just in charge of firing Les Miles, but he was in charge of getting Tom Herman, and he failed miserably. And then his backup plan was the interim guy, and, and again, he gave him a buyout that is just would choke a horse. So he's not going to survive. I mean, listen, we're all writing off LSU they could beat Florida this weekend and everybody's like, oh, they're back. And that's just the way college football works. But that loss. Yeah, Flor- Florida is back to Felipe Franks at quarterback, I believe. And Tyree Cleveland is out. So Tyre- it's not exactly like. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear Tyree Cleveland is their, their one of their best offensive weapons. That one hurts. But I would take Felipe Franks over Del Rio any day of the week. I mean, a thousand days of the week. I mean, I have no idea why. They benched him. I know they wanted to get a spark going. He's a veteran, but my goodness, he's just not good. Um, you know, and again, nobody wants to see anybody get injured, but they're much better off with Felipe Franks at quarterback. That being said, their offense still stinks. Uh, Cleveland is their big downfield threat. LSU could go in there and pull the upset. And then, you know, typical uh, media like myself and everybody else will be reacting to that and saying, oh, wait, hold on. But that Troy loss was so bad that no one's going to forget it unless you beat Alabama and win the NCC West. They're not going to forget it. So there's trouble there, but we know there's trouble there. Um, And I think we're going to continue to see that situation monitored very closely. So so let's get into our predictions and get out of here and let, let Dave Barry get a head start on promoting this thing so people actually listen to it and getting a sponsorship. Do we have a deal. drop for weekend game we have predictions? A, do we have a weekend game prediction drop? Oh, no, my. I'm sorry, man. God. I'm, I'm going to get fired. Jeez, <laughs> this is bad. This will really be addition by subtraction. Actually, here. you know what? It's it's not because neither of us know how to set up a podcast link. Neither of us. <laughs> it took me like five weeks to you figure guys, out how to get a microphone. Yeah, we don't even know how to use the microphones without Dave. He's he's about as safe as there is a human being when it comes to producer, but we we're gonna get on him anyways about our distribution because <laughs> oh, see there's our drop. Sorry, we absolutely sorry. screw up everything, and it doesn't matter. We can't get rid of them. That'll I, get I edited we're out. Big in certain <laughs> markets, like sixty-five to eighty-five nursing homes, where they yeah. they can't turn off their computer and it just happens to be on our podcast. I think that's where See, we need to yeah, the elderly need to be on the guys. network like, you know, the the bad show after the really good show. Like after whatever's after Game of Thrones, like just, hopefully people just stay on the channel, you know? Well, that, that would make the good show commitment issues. Uh and uh, they're not leading in like Seinfeld. No offense to those guys. <laughs> no offense to those guys, but I'm just saying they're not leading in like Seinfeld. We really need someone to carry us. Because we're new at this and we suck at it. Uh, but let's get into the predictions. So last week, Gorney's, I made him pick 
a top 25 pure upset, forget the spread, and he ingeniously, ingeniously picked Tennessee to beat Georgia. So that was close. You were 41 points off on that one. Um, That's playing to the crowd right there. And I, I, I picked Northwestern, which gave Wisconsin a little bit of a run for their money. And if Clayton Thorson could actually complete a pass here and there, I would have pulled that off. So this week, I'll let you go first, Gorns. You can pick your outright upset. Take a look. Who do you got? You taking uh, you taking Northwestern again? No, I'm done with them. I'm tired of them. They they couldn't run the ball. They're, no. They're they're bad. They're hot garbage. Remember, I put them in hot garbage. I'm not taking hot garbage. Yeah, you know this is a tough one here, and I might I might really regret doing this again. But uh, Nebraska at night in Lincoln. I know that offense is not what we wanted, but if they could slow down the running game, Northwestern gave Wisconsin a run. We don't know exactly what kind of team this. Wisconsin team is I think Nebraska has an insane record at night there like 45 and 6 or something. I could be completely off on that, but it's something. And uh they could they could bring the upset. Have you the seen Big 10 West? Have you seen the Wisconsin defense? Yes, I have. It's, I have. It is nasty. It is right what on What else the is out there? Maybe imagine North imagine what... over Notre Dame if if Wimbush doesn't play? Uh yeah, I mean their backup is uh Charlie McCharles, right? Like nobody, <laughs> nobody, anybody's ever heard of. <laughs> I just made up that name, Charlie McCharles. But uh, right, we we need to do two things. We you have to take Florida State, Miami out of this. You have to take LSU, Florida out of this. All right, good. It's got to be an upset. Those are neither of mine. Okay, I take West Virginia over TCU, and I know it's, that's hardly an upset. I know. Well, it's a thirteen and a half point line. So it's it's a it's a bigger line than your amazing upset last week of of, of Tennessee over Georgia. It's two touchdowns. Two ranked teams is not an upset. Uh, it is when you're a 14 point dog and you're on the road and nobody's giving you a chance. That's the one I'm picking. So you stick with Nebraska, and if Nebraska wins, oh my God, you are gonna go on the red scroll, and you are just gonna be. The corn dog of all corn dogs, <laughs> and say, "I told you, my people," and they're gonna love you so much. It's gonna be amazing. But I think the other games to keep an eye on. You know, I think Louisville's gonna roll on NC State. I, I know they're both ranked. I think Louisville's gonna roll up on them. I don't see NC State's defense being able to handle Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, Virginia Tech, BC, Wake Forest, Clemson. Those don't count. As football games, the game that I'm the Penn State at Northwestern is interesting. Only a fourteen and a half point spread, and Penn State always has a tough time playing there. So uh, we'll see if they can keep it close. They won't. They disappointed me last week. They're dead to me. Hot garbage. <laughs> Penn State's going to crank by thirty. Uh, the other one that, that I think is kind of interesting. Obviously, Miami and Florida State. We talked about LSU and Florida. We talked about briefly. Um, I don't know. I, I just think the Michigan State Michigan game is such a rivalry that it's going to be it's going to be a low scoring close game. I don't believe in either offense. I think both have good defenses. Uh, I think it's going to be a punch you in the face type of thing, and I think that's a game to keep an eye on. Michigan's favored by ten and a half at home. Uh, you know, I can't pick anything right as far as spreads are concerned, but. That seems a little high to me, and I think it's it's going to be 
typical of a rivalry game, it could come down to one touchdown or a field goal. So the over under in that Michigan Michigan State game is forty. That's like a that's like an NFL really low over under. They're they're expecting both teams to just go up there and hopefully run the ball, play to the fourth quarter. You know, Michigan State's only given up eighteen points a game, so their defense isn't you know all that bad at all. So I think it's gonna you know if if it's forty, they're thinking like a twenty eight fourteen, twenty eight ten. Right? Would that be right? 24-14 yeah, kind of game? Or, so. or 20, 20 to 17. I mean, it could be yeah. a one field goal game. If you're talking about the under, you could be talking about that. And again, that's what they're going to do. They're going to line up and they're going to run the ball. That's what both teams do well. Uh, it's going to be a whole lot of punting. It's going to be a whole lot of defense. Um, you know, I, I think that one could be could be tight and it's going to be interesting. And, you know, that'll be a test. Um not that Michigan State has a tremendous offense, but that'll be a test for Michigan after they've played pretty much nobody so far. And then the the overlooked one here is like, how is Stanford favored by five and a half at Utah, but Utah's ranked and four and oh? I mean, they think Bryce Love's going to run for another 300 yards against Utah. I don't see that happening. That's a weird line to me. So that means you go Stanford all day there. If it's a weird line like that and Utah's ranked and undefeated, the game's at Utah, but it's five and a half the other way, that means Stanford wins by seven. Somebody knows something about something. It's just a weird one that stood out to me. And then my lock of the week was Cal getting 27 and a half against Washington, so they'll probably lose by 50. But <laughs> I don't know. I know they lost Demetrius Robertson, but uh, I still think Cal can put up. I mean, if Cal puts up. 20 points well 14 would have to get him to 42 it'd have to be 42 14 right that's 20 i can't do math i just know if they get 20 points i feel that yeah they'd have to be 49 yeah i mean they can no they probably can't whatever (laughs) i don't know it seemed like a lot and my original lock wasn't one of the choices because it was one of the ones we had to pick which was west virginia over tcu so um you know, the other one to be interested in is is Auburn and Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss is not a good football team. They just got croaked by Alabama. Auburn's got a great defense. Something tells me that 22-and-a-half-point line is a little high there. Uh, I don't know why. I just wonder how Shea Patterson can do against that defense and if Kerryon Johnson can continue to sort of carry the offense and if Stidham takes the next step. The Ole Miss defense is bad, but... I think their offense can put up some points, so we'll have to keep an eye. We know there's going to be upsets. Um, you know, we just can't pick them right. So I guess we picked our outright upsets. You've got Nebraska. Who the heck did I pick? Oh, I picked West Virginia, which isn't a really good one. Um, and there we have it. All right. Well, let's remind everybody you can see – all our analysts' picks uh, right now on Rivals.com is uh, is against the spread, where they, our analysts pick against the spread. And don't forget to follow all of us on Twitter, at RivalsMike, at Adam Gorney, and at RealDaveBerry. Don't forget to leave us feedback, too, on iTunes. I don't think That'll anybody's help our done that out yet, right? Doing a... And we've got <laughs> no, 17 nobody people at all. following this podcast right now. 17 people, yeah, 17. and those are all members of the Gorney family. So this is getting ugly. I thought we would build an audience. We are actually, I think, alienating an audience, uh, which is hard to do in a podcast. So let's see what we can do here, Dave Barry. You got to send out the message board assignments. Give Gorney all the mean message boards. 
I'm on them all the time anyways. And then uh, we'll just have to tweet it out 58,000 times. All right. I'm going to get out of here and get busy. So with that, we will see everybody again next week.